concealing versus confessing. There's a big difference between the two. One steals and takes away our life and one adds life. Today, we're going to talk about the costs and the benefits of both of them. Welcome to Hope and Recovery, a Fellowship Celebrate Recovery podcast. It's a podcast that shares hope and healing for our mental, spiritual, emotional, and relational journey through life change stories and recovery topics, all centered around the Beatitudes and Celebrate Recovery, where Jesus helps us to face our hurts, our hangups, and our habits, and even our broken relationships so that we can live out His purpose for our life. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with drugs and alcohol and perfectionism. My name is Rodney. I am the ministry leader of Fellowship Bible Church, Celebrate Recovery in Rogers, and so, so excited to be here again with you today. Hey, thank you for giving us a five-star rating. We love the, the reviews that you're giving us. Please do that and keep sharing it so we can reach uh, more people uh, that's the goal of this is we want more people to, to hear the hope uh, through Celebrate Recovery. And so today I'm so excited. I've got some brothers, I call them sponsees and grand sponsees. Uh, it's a fun, fun group of guys and uh, uh, wanted to bring them into this conversation. Um, and so I'm going to introduce, let them introduce themselves. I've got Tyler, Eric, and Chris with me. So I'm going to let them introduce themselves and we'll jump into a conversation. Chris, why don't you start us off? Okay. Well, I also very grateful believer in Jesus and I'm in recovery because of a uh, sexual addiction and that was manifested uh, largely through voyeurism as well as obsessive compa- uh, compulsive issues. And my name is Chris. Hey Chris. hey, Chris. I am a grateful follower of Christ. I struggle with lust, pornography, the painful hurt of divorce and food issues. And my name is Eric. Hey, Eric. Hey, Eric. Mm. I love Jesus, and I struggle with anger and lust, and uh, and depression, and food issues. And my name's Tyler. Hey, hey Tyler. Tyler. So, guys, we were talking about. Um, thank you, by the way, for being in this conversation. Love getting different voices in this discussion. You guys have been part of Celebrate Recovery. How many years you been now, Tyler? Oh, uh, fourteen. Uh, no, since twenty fourteen. So, if, <laughs> if I do my math, we're looking at what eight, nine. Okay, awesome, Eric. I have been in recovery for almost 13 years. Wow, that's yeah. great. Chris, you've, mine's not a clear-cut number, <laughs> but we'll say eight years. Yeah, kind of a stop and start kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So lots of recovery experience here. And um, so I love that um, in this space, we're talking about concealing and, and uh, the gift of confessing. Before we turn the corner with confessing, I want to kind of just talk about what were the costs for you guys as you think about concealing your hurts, your hangups, your habits? What, what did that look like as you came into recovery? So I'll go first. I will tell you that um, I've been chewing on truth and what happens when I conceal the truth. And I will tell you that I, before Celebrate Recovery, I had a lot of secrets. And in my first marriage, I'll never forget Um, one particular day I had, um, failed, relapsed, looked at porn and I called the Minrith Meyer clinic in Dallas. I was in Fort Worth at the time, called them and I said, Hey, I need help. I need to, I need to get help. 
And they said, well, we need to get you into a group. We need to meet with you. And I said, well, I said, the only problem is I can't tell my wife because if I do, she'll leave me. Mm. And they said, well, you know, unfortunately that may be a consequence, but in order to get help, you need to come in and we need to start dealing with the truth. We need to start, we need to start dealing with the issues. Mm. And I was unable to do that or I was unwilling to do that at the time. And of course the truth eventually came out and, um, it was, uh, you know, it wrecked my marriage, it wrecked Mm. my life. And so, uh, concealing the truth, it just delays the inevitable. Um, the truth will come out eventually. And even the Bible says that. And so, um, concealment always costs more than confession. So, yeah, eventually it will come into the light. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Tyler? What's that, what's that look like? Um, um, just in that space of concealing and, and what was that if, if we're kind of shining a flashlight in Tyler's heart in that season of concealing, what would we see in Tyler's heart in that season? Ooh, ooh, beat me up inside, um, definitely physically and emotionally caught in that cycle of shame, um, of, uh, of wanting to, uh, to isolate, to back off mm. from relationships, uh, just constantly wearing that mask. Um, I think physically, I think, you know, when we're younger, I, I, I think we notice it less. Mm. As we're older, we definitely feel the stresses and the chemicals that happen with emotion much more. Um, so I think that uh, physically it just, it just tore me up. And emotionally it put me in a, in a cycle mentally that, that caused habit in my head and responses based on everything that was going mm. on. Yeah. So I think, uh, I think it was painful. I yeah. think uh, I think I felt caught in a trap, uh, in a cycle that I couldn't get out. Yeah, and, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. We talk about you know in celebrate recovery, one of our one of our goals is to start facing facing the hurt, and when we don't face the hurt, when we run from the hurt, we kind of go to these numbing agencies, escape uh, uh, mechanisms. But uh, we believe lies about ourselves and these habits form, but but then it really kind of starts pulling us away from those important relationships in our life. And Chris, I'm curious for you, man, but as you were in that, that season of concealing what, what uh, the enemy had convinced you, if anybody finds out mm-hmm. you're going to die and people are going to leave you, how did that affect your relationships in your life, Chris? Well, I'm glad you say that word relationships because that's exactly where I was going to go. Mm. First of all, before I go to relationships, though, inside me, I'm going to make reference to a verse in Isaiah 61, Mm. 3, where it speaks of a spirit of heaviness. Mm. And I had this heaviness that uh, you could cut, Mm. just so real. Uh, Depression, uh, shame, shame. you know, there were times when then I was conscious that when I was walking, I could not look up. Mm. I was watching my steps as I walked, just utter shame. And it, it's a dreadful thing to be an addiction and be a believer at the same time mm. and know that to have a, a sense of where you're at but cannot, you know, get released from it. Yeah. Uh, the scriptures call that a stronghold. Mm. Well, and the cost of that was, yes, relationships. 
Mm. Um, with God. Absolutely. Relationship with God, uh, a lack of uh, intimate fellowship with God. Mm. Uh, obviously, there can be confession to God. Um, but still, when there's perpetual sin, repeat, 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 mm. uh, that relationship gets grieved mm. and strained. And But then also, relationship with people, particularly my wife and then my children. Mm. Uh and it, it's it just uh, just multiplies. Yeah, yeah. You you use that that word grief. You know, we're grieving, and and just gets good to kind of just as you were saying that it kind of hit me. Grief is sadness due to a loss of intimacy, mm. and just thinking about the grieving mm. that you're describing. That Tyler, you were describing. Eric, you're describing that that season of. I'm grieving the loss of intimacy mm-hmm. and even really um, understanding who I am. I hate myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's shame is very cruel with that. The enemy kind of speaks that message that, man, you've done it now. You can't, you can't go home now. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I hear you saying. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The enemy just kind of said, Hey, you're on your own now. And what a miserable place that, that is. Isn't it? Miserable. Yeah. Yes. So, Eric, you know, I know that you shared a quote uh, with me, and it really is one of those you just kind of sit there and chew on. What was that quote that you shared around that? So as I was preparing for my teach on sanity, and I was going through the I acrostic, which is integrity, um, I love what the CR Bible says about truth. It says that a half-truth is a still a whole lie. So mm. half-truth is a lie. And that truth doesn't fear anything, and fear is something to delve into as well. The enemy uses fear against me all the time, but truth doesn't fear anything. And then it says, except for concealment, Mm. which whenever I thought about that, wow. So if I'm basing my life, if I'm not basing decisions based on truth, then I must be basing my decisions based on lies, and I must be concealing the truth. So... So a half-truth is a still a whole lie. Truth fears nothing except for concealment, mm. and concealment always costs more than confession. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah, it really made me kind of, <laughs> that's a big statement. Mm-hmm. And just thinking about how, how that, that half-lie uh, or a whole lie in those half-truths, I mean, the enemy convinces us that this is reality, in, in a sick way, right? He kind of flips that. How did the enemy, Eric, just kind of continue in that thought? Um, how did he convince you that those those lies were actually okay? You know, how did that look like in your life? So for me, it was the, the fear factor. In other words, I would play this out in my mind. I would say, okay, I've got a problem. I know I've got a problem. What I need to, I need to confess the truth. And then the enemy would come in and say, well, what happens if you confess the truth? Well, then the fear of what would happen if my parents knew that I had a pornography addiction? Mm. What would happen if my wife and my kids knew that I had a pornography addiction, my friends? And then I just say, you know what? It's just better if I just conceal this. And, Mm. you know, and the enemy says, you can handle this. You can do this on your own. And then whenever I fail, the enemy is the first one in my face to say, see, I told you so. 
I told you, you're a failure. You might as well just go ahead and embrace mm. this addiction because you're a failure and you can't, you can't do it. So you might as well just give into it. And so it was that constant cycle of insanity. And it wasn't until I did something different and actually confessed that and admitted, and there was pain, pain involved in confession of that, but mm. the confession was so much better than the concealment. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and Tyler, maybe you can speak to this. I mean, sometimes those core beliefs, you know, maybe you can lean in on what, what some of those lies the enemy was feeding you. Um, when we believe something, we end up, we find ourselves doing the very things that confirm what we're believing. So I believe I'm a failure. I'm not going to tell anyone about this. And then I end up doing the very things that confirm that. What were some of those lies that, that the enemy would speak to you, man? <laughs> like a rut that forms in a country road, right? The more we drive over it, <laughs> the deeper it gets and the more, more yeah, we get stuck in that, that rut. I love that image. Yeah, yeah, definitely um, the I'm a failure, um, the I'm, I can't live up, the pattern of questioning God's character or his promises mm. becomes a pattern. I mean, that's what uh, that's what happened back in the garden, right? Yeah. You can't trust. God didn't make us for lies and concealment. He encouraged us to live in the truth and to live free. Mm. And that concealment does the opposite. But uh, I think I think it's going to be that whole pattern, um, that whole pattern that uh, that affects my ability to relate, uh, it affects my ability to open up mm. and want to share with others. Um, makes the relationships very very shallow. Yeah. Yeah, just in your chewing on what you said, the questioning, how did you say that? Questioning the character and power of and, God? And promises. And promises. Yeah. Wow. So if I question that and I start doubting that, it would make sense that maybe maybe I need to keep playing God with, with this thing. That's right. Right, just to try to deal with this on my own. Because if God's promises aren't true, mm-hmm. that his character is not true, then why would I take this to him? Which is the ultimate remedy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Chris, how'd that look like? Would that look like in your life, man? Well, I go back to that word miserable. Mm. Um, just uh, knowing my relationship with God was strained, to put it nicely. Um, relationship with others. And uh, I was just um, one miserable soul. Hmm. Yeah. Something we say in Celebrate Recovery often, or I've said it a million times, you guys probably heard me say it a bunch, is that pain is inevitable, mm-hmm. but misery is optional. Mm-hmm. And that's, that. that's a great distinction, isn't it? It this, sure is. It's like misery and, and um, like I don't have to stay uh, in this place. Well, I want to I want to take a, a a quick break here, guys. When we come back, I want to I want to continue this conversation. I love your guys's heart and insight, and then uh, maybe we'll turn the corner on how did that misery begin to change in our lives. So, uh, stick with us, and when we come back, we'll continue the conversation with these great guys. Hey, if you're looking for a safe place to find healing, to find community with brothers and sisters in Christ who know what hurt is, to to be reminded that you're not alone. We would absolutely love to have you join us. 
Fellowship Fayetteville or Fellowship Rogers, or maybe there's some other campuses here in Northwest Arkansas. You can find a full list of information on our campuses or the ones in the community by going to fellowshipcr.org. Join us this Friday night, 7 p.m. We'd love to have you. Fellowshipcr.org. So welcome back. We're talking with uh, Chris and Eric and Tyler about concealment versus confession. Right before we went to break, we were talking about misery and how that's a, that's optional. And that and I love that thought, Tyler, that you were sharing just on that questioning God's promises, doubting uh, His character. When did that begin to shift for you guys? Where you started to kind of be curious about the possibility that maybe God's promises are true. Maybe I could lean into his power um, and let him take this thing that I've worked so, so hard to shelter and hide. What's that look like for you guys? So for me, I've had several God moments in my life, and one of those was my oldest daughter, first daughter, first child. It was Erica. And I got a text from my ex-wife saying that she was missing. And and long story short, uh, she was in all kinds of hurt and um, addiction. And she ended up moving in with us. And um, after uh, looking at all kinds of different ways to, to uh, help her, we found Celebrate Recovery. And um, when I started seeing her as she worked this process, seeing her gain healing, I started saying, wow, that is truth. That That is truth. Recovery is possible and that um, change is possible. And I want that in my life. Mm-hmm. And as I started witnessing that, I started, um, and Rodney, you mentioned this weeks ago and you were doing the blue chip and you said, yeah, there was this guy at Starbucks and he was telling this whopper of a story and the guy goes, is that true? And he's like, no, it's not really true. <laughs> and so am I, am I listening? Well, who am I listening to? And mm. is that true? And I had been listening to the narrative that I couldn't help, but give in to my addiction to pornography and that because of my divorce that I could not be used ever again, Mm. that God had just put me off to the side. And so as I listened to that narrative, I was listening to the lies of the enemy Mm. and those lies had infiltrated my life. So as I saw God changing my daughter and I remember praying after dropping her off to school one day, God help her, help me help her help my daughter. And as I started seeing his truth come in and work in her life, I thought that can happen to me. Mm. And then I started I started getting involved in recovery and God started working in my life. Wow. Yeah. I love that. Just you're praying for someone else and God revealed that I can do this for you too, Eric. And I'm so glad. I'm so glad he did. What about you, Tyler? When, when did that shift for you, man? Were you, as you said, I was questioning his promises. When did you start uh, considering the possibility that maybe his promises are true? Maybe he can help me with this. Definitely happened uh, probably probably in the, the early stages of getting into the step study and sharing with brothers. Um, for, for you know, I've, I've heard it many times uh, sitting around a campfire or, or in the old lifestyle, maybe maybe at a bar or something, and 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 you hear the comment, "Ah, people don't change. A tiger can't change his stripes." You know, mm. and so so you hear that a lot, right? And I'm here to say uh, and bear witness and confess that that's not the case. You know, how many times in recovery um, have I given using the recovery 
process giving those thoughts and those thought patterns to the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're dealing with lust, just just like we can have a conversation, and I'm sure there's probably even some listeners maybe that maybe got a trigger right off of this and immediately something we said put a song oh, yeah. in the head, right? Yeah. I mean, I can interrupt conversations all the time and think, oh, and start driving into a song. It's the same thing when you're dealing with with lust, so mm. many triggers mm. or or whatever our struggle is. Um, so to so to say that God can break those thought patterns and to see that in my own head, yeah, and to see that process, um, that he can't save a marriage that is completely crushed. Mm-hmm. Uh, that he can't change the life of my family and the direction of the course of our family is a lie. And I've seen every one of those things yeah. occur. So wow. it happens in working, working the steps, jumping into CR, being truthful and open with brothers who are struggling as well and not carrying that baggage every time we walk in. Yeah. I love when you were talking about that song breaking out in your head. It just made me think just kind of this thought for me speaking to myself is just because the song's playing doesn't mean I need to dance to it. Mm. Right. It's like, okay, I can, I can turn the channel. And, and for too long, I stayed on that, that wrong channel. Right. Just stay stuck on that. And it's like, well, I guess this is the only station available. Um, I guess I just have to, it reminds me back when we had like two TV stations, right? If you could get the wires just right with aluminum foil and <laughs> it's like, you stuck watching whatever's on, on the TV, but we don't have to do that in Christ. We can turn the channel and choose to listen to something else. And that's what God's word does for us. But Chris, w- working through this process for you, man, what did that look like and kind of turn that corner and embracing these new truths and mm-hmm. what, what was that like for you through the celebrate recovery process? Well, for me, it was a matter of, I had arrived at a state for years where I was totally, absolutely hopeless mm. in my overcoming my sexual addiction. And that hopelessness was fed because I was even in recovery settings and did not see life change or true recovery Mm -hmm. in myself or in any others. Mm. And so that added to that hopelessness. So the change for me was when I started participating in Celebrate Recovery in Rogers and there were men in the small men's sexual addiction group that were actually walking in recovery, sustained recovery. Hmm. Freedom from that sexual addiction that had its grip on me. Hmm. That is when I saw that God's promises, God's character could be known by me. Hmm. And and that's when I that's when life change started. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So for the, for the group, I love that, Chris. So for you guys, um, what's that like to come into that space and know that God sees us exactly the way we are and he still loves and accepts us? How, how do you just take that in? What I'd love to hear your hearts on that. Yeah, I think, um, again, it comes back to me about truth and walking in the truth. You know, sanity is wholeness of mind, Mm. making decisions based on truth. I was reading this morning in 3 John 
which Third John only has one chapter. I never realized that, but Third John <laughs> chapter one verse or uh, chapter one verse four says, "I have no greater joy than to see that my children are walking in the truth." Wow. And John eight thirty two says, "Then they will know the truth, and the truth shall set them free." And then John eight thirty six says, "If uh, the the Son has set you free, you will be free." Indeed. Mm. And so, you know, just walking in that truth um, was just amazing. And I started learning that all of the things that I had heard people say in these groups, you know, uh, don't don't quit before your miracle happens. And it works if you work and it won't if you don't. And as I started working everything and, and that's a whole nother topic, you know, not just <laughs> one thing, not just going Friday, not just not just open chair, not just step study, but the whole process. Yeah, I started to get stronger Mm -hmm. and i my sobriety started building up and uh it was yeah and so life change started happening and has continued to happen for 13 years for me and uh what an incredible process yeah you kind of immersed yourself in the whole process and his truth and community yeah i love that about you tyler Give me the question again. <laughs> you caught me drinking my coffee. That's uh, okay. Yeah, just uh, maybe we can come over here to Chris. Just that idea of the the grace, you know, to know that He sees us and He loves us, right? And just to take that into your heart to know that it's not based on what you do, right? But just leaning into the One who does in our life, right? And that His grace covers all that. What's that like for you, man? It's relief, hmm. tremendous relief that I can stop my trying. And it, it, it's a funny thing because there's another saying, celebrate recovery, that is, or actually I say celebrate recovery, maybe it's just a recovery statement, but it works if you work it. Yeah. Well, um, and on the one hand, work requires me doing something. Hmm. But what I'm doing is a process that brings freedom. Hmm. And everything I'd done before uh, did not accomplish that. Yeah. And so what, what it means by what is the work of when it, it I mean, what's the it? Hmm. When we say it works, if you work it, well, it's the entirety of the recovery process. Yeah. And it's no magic formula. It's just... Um, uh, God is there. God is true. His promises are true. And when we get amongst others that are living and working that process, hmm. uh, it, it, it just, it works. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's good. Well said, you know, the, the working it is, is just daily acknowledging that I need to die to myself. God, I need you. I'm giving myself to you. And then Galatians 3, what a great chapter to go read. Uh, If you're listening and you want to get in the Word and just be inspired, go read Galatians 3. But just He is working in and for me and through me. His Spirit is actually doing the work. But I have to be open-handed about that. That's my part of that. And open-handed is, God, I trust you. I've made a decision to invite you in, and I'm going to trust you with the process, even if it feels inconvenient. Um, sometimes I hear that, you know, gosh, it's just too much of a time commitment. But then I ask the question, well, how long did you spend in your compulsive behaviors? 
that wasn't a time management wasn't an issue then. Uh, we just use it um, uh, to kind of meet that need. Well, guys, I want I want to hear from you. Um, we know somebody's probably listening that's struggling right now. What do you say to that person that is? Um, yeah, they're just in that. If anybody knew that shame message, I would die, or people would leave me, and I'd be all alone. That maybe it's just better to conceal this mm-hmm. um, through that lens of letting it out into the open. What would you say to? to encourage them. Rodney, I think I would say you're dying if you're still sitting in concealment. Hmm. You're still hiding it. That is not living. Yeah. And uh, to add as such such rich sharing, I'm, I'm getting caught up in it and forgetting your questions. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, the thought comes to mind that God made us hmm. knowing every day of our life, yeah. knowing every foolish decision we were going to make. Hmm. And he chose to make us anyway. And, and I'm witness, we're all still sitting here breathing. Yeah. I see joy on the faces of every man in here. Yeah. And, uh, and so the evidence of recovery, the mm. evidence of freedom, mm. and the joy that comes with that. Yeah. And so my response would be simple that says, you know, you are not living yeah. if you're hiding. Yeah. But you, Eric? Boy, for, if you're listening to this and you are thinking, and I am so sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm-hmm. I want what they have. I want freedom. I want peace. I want serenity. I need that in my life. I would say to you, if you want something you've never had, you've got to do something <laughs> that you've never done. And for me, that was stepping into the truth, not listening to the lies of the enemy and start um, not concealing the truth letting that out, walking in truth and making decisions based on that truth. Celebrate Recovery is a tool and it is a powerful tool. And so I would encourage you, come on Friday nights, see what it's all about Mm. because it will absolutely change your life if you let it. And that would be my encouragement if you've never really worked it because it does actually work if you work it. So So good. Thanks, Eric. Chris? I would say... The miracle of recovery is that we can confess and be accepted in our confession. Mm. And the result is absolute peace, rest. And that's what I had strived for for so many years. But now I can say I am living in peace. Mm-hmm. I love that. Just reflecting uh, uh, the years around this table, I mean, we got close to 46 the 50 years of recovery sitting at this table. That's pretty cool. And it's all because of Christ. And uh, what a gift that that uh, we probably never would have come together in this circle was it not for our brokenness. <laughs> That's kind of a neat thing to think about, that, that it's our brokenness that brought us together and the one, the only true higher power, Jesus Christ, that, that brought the healing in our life. Um, I was, this was from my quiet time, Isaiah 27, five, uh, let him cling, let us cling to his strength says cling to my strength. God is saying, and rely on my protection. It's from Isaiah 27, five. And it's just a good reminder for me this morning that, um, just a desperation. That's what principle one is all about. A desperation, Lord. I need to cling to your strength and your protection because my way's not working. 
and I need, um, I need your help. That's the greatest prayer we can pray. And help me, Lord, help me. Yeah, you know, I reflect back to what I said earlier, and the two different statements I've made to go from being absolutely miserable to experiencing peace. Mm. What a contrast! Big contrast. And looking at the fruit of the you guys uh, c- confessing that and what God's doing in your life, were you going to say something, Tyler? Oh, I just I love what I'm I'm hearing. I, I I keep hearing the same thing, and I pray this often. Where else can I go, Lord? Who else do I have? Yeah, that I can call upon. Mm. There is nothing in this world that will satisfy, that will save, except the hands of Jesus. Mm-hmm. There is no other option. Yeah, I love it. Love your hearts and and. And I love just seeing, and you said it, Tyler, just seeing the joy in your faces. And, and I love that I get to meet with you guys on a regular basis. You Amen. guys make me better. But um, just thank you for how you guys don't let the, the hurts from your past go wasted. Mm. You're actually pouring in other men so faithfully and, and, um, and serving and living out principle eight to yield ourselves to be used to bring this good news to others, both by our word and our example. That yielding is the same yielding we do in principle one. Mm. I yield to his power. I yield to his strength. I yield to his comfort and his love. So guys, thanks for so much for a great conversation. We could have talked a long time about this and uh, just appreciate y'all's heart. So thanks for being with us today. Hey, thank you for listening today. Uh, We're grateful for uh, what you um, are making a commitment just to try to grow in your recovery. And thanks for letting us be a part of that journey. But but maybe you're in that place of believing the lies that my brothers are sharing that if I let anybody see this, I will die and people will leave me. Can I just tell you that is a fat lie. And there is a community that wants to be with you in this journey. We'd love for you to join us. If you'd like to join us on this road to recovery, freedom, not just to get free from whatever that is that you're trying to conceal, but to move toward freedom for something so much better, so much bigger in Christ. We'd love to join you on this journey. If you'd like more information, go to fellowshipcr.org, and we hope to see you Friday night, 7 p.m. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll join us next time. Until then, God bless you.